You are listening to episode 171 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe, and I am joined in the studio today by the one and only Brad Brown. That's right. Jonathan is on vacation this week because we have a guest speaker uh, preaching on Sunday. And so it's just me and Brad hanging out today, at least for this intro. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I always love it when Jonathan's not here because That's we right. get to do whatever we want. So yeah. this is the first time that I've come into the church this week. <laughs> Yeah, I've just been hanging out. You know, when the boss is away, you know, some of you are judging me, but you also know you do the same thing you, with your work. Everyone knows they do it. That's right. They all do it. So I feel rested and rejuvenated. Also, I'm excited, John Mark, because fall is in the air, not from a temperature standpoint, but from a emotional standpoint. I can feel it deep in my bones. It's a, It's coming upon us. And you know what that means? What does that mean? That means college football. That's right. College football is in the air. That's a cover of the Sports Center theme song. Doesn't sound anything like it. It's kind of close. They they hit a couple of the notes. It's but, probably uh, some copyright things, right? They can't. Right. Do it exactly. And because fall is in the air, and because Jonathan's not here, we get to do whatever we want. So we're not going to do an album today. We're not going to do a book. We're going to go straight down to the email corridor. Uh, the email corridor. It's been a long time since we've been down here. Grant Primo wrote in. We all love Grant here ah, at the Grant, show. Grant, one of our elders. One of our elders. He does a lot here at Shades Valley. Wow, just all over the place, including frequent email corridor resident. He wrote in. Let's, let's see what he has to say. The title is Sports Break. Hey, guys, when are we going to get a college football sports break episode of Midweek? You guys are cutting it pretty close to the start of the season. Based on the past sports discussions on midweek, I can probably predict the topics you'll cover. All right, let's see if he's right on this. Number one, how upstanding of a citizen Hugh Freeze is. Number two. Is that sarcastic? Is that sarcasm that I'm hearing? Number two, retrospective on the 10-year anniversary of the kick six. You know, I had forgotten about that until Grant reminded me, so thank you for that reminder, Grant. What a... Man, what a great reminder that was. Yeah, maybe we should just play the audio of the kick six. Why don't you pull it up while I'm finishing this email? Why why Auburn's two national championships really carry more weight than Alabama's 18? Well, funny you should say that because <laughs> if if we were counting like Alabama counts their national championships, I yeah. think we'd have at, at least five or six at this point. 1983, mm. 1993, 2004. I could go on, but I won't. Uh, we'll, we have two. That's how we count it, okay? Uh, and number four, top ten projections and why Reverend Freeze's boys are going to surprise some folks. Can't wait to hear your unbiased thoughts on the upcoming season, Grant Primo. Well, thank you, Grant, Yes, for that. Really appreciate it. Now... Where do we start? For those of you that don't know, Grant is a Bammer. He is. He's a he's an alum. He's an he, alumni. He did go to school there. He did. He stole a golf cart and was almost was a great story. And was he stole al- Coach Saban's golf cart. Wasn't it Coach Saban's golf cart? Is that right? That's right. <laughs> I'm yes. trying to remember the story. I, all the details. 
I can't remember. But he did. So so he's ba- this feels a little bit like bait, John Mark. I don't know if you sense that. Oh. I feel like I'm walking into a, a bear trap, it's if like you a will. Trap. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I, I don't know if I want to necessarily hit all of those topics that he brought up. Because I feel like what he's going to do is he's going to save this, and then he's going to play it back at the, at the, at end, the, of the end of the year. <laughs> And we're going to be like Paul Feinbaum with a prediction that just gets thrown right back in our face. Well, listen, here's the reality is Brad and I are huge Auburn fans. This is a fact. Right. We have established this. We're 171 episodes in. This has been established. We're part of the times. Auburn family. And yeah, That's right. And uh, I do like... Coach Hugh Freeze, I think that was that was a good hire, and mm-hmm. we will see how that plays out on the field. But so far, recruiting has definitely picked up. I'd say from uh, when we had the coach from Idaho that shall go unnamed, Ryan. What was his name? <laughs> Byron. <laughs> was it Byron Haskins? Right. What was it? Gosh, I just it's slipping uh, my mind. I forgot, but. You know, that's what Auburn Auburn is really good at making coaches rich and so we definitely <laughs> have uh, fulfilled our promises there. Here's that's what I, right. here's what I'll say though for real. My my unbiased uh-huh. thoughts on Auburn's upcoming season uh is that I think we have an opportunity to maybe win 7 games. And I say that not knowing how our quarterbacks will play this year. So our starter has been named the Michigan State transfer that came in. And I, I you know, until we actually see him play in an SEC environment, I just don't I just don't know. We just don't know. He's he's got some experience. He had a good year at Michigan State a couple of years ago, but I I feel like mm-hmm. the floor for Auburn should be around 6 to 7 games this year. We we will see what happens. That's my prediction. We'll see. Well, the thing with Auburn, like I've always said, and I think this is a fair comparison, I feel like if you were to take Alabama and Auburn, the University of Alabama is like Babylon. Yeah. And Babylon is, you know, described biblically as the wicked city that's against God. It's an enemy of God. And it's got all the power. It's got all the resources. Um, One might say Babylon can recruit. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's Auburn. And Auburn, when you look at Auburn, I mean, let's say we're a nation, for instance. Uh, You wouldn't (laughs) think there's really anything. The Auburn nation. (laughs) Let's ride. I didn't think there's anything notable about this, right? Uh, they might not have some of the resources or recruits right. that some others might, but you know, at times, they will surprise you. It's true. And there will be victories that nobody saw coming, mm-hmm. you know? So we're the underdogs, but, you know, being a Christian, you're used to being an underdog, and so... I'm not equating Auburn football with Christianity. I would never do that at all in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not equating the University of Alabama with the evil and wicked city of Babylon. But it be, might be a conversation to have. You know, I'm, I'm thinking back <laughs> to uh, 10 years ago <laughs> and reflecting on some of the parallels of the 2013 Auburn football team and the 2023 Auburn football team. And yep. 
I remember a, a high school coach, a coach who started in the lowly high school ranks. Uh huh. That was a uh, was an offensive coordinator at one time, mm. and took some head coaching jobs at some lower schools, and nobody really gave him a chance. Yeah. And with a transfer quarterback, mm-hmm. was able to go to the national championship. Wow. Sound familiar? Potentially it's this year. A, it's ringing a bell. Are there any parallels there? I think many. I don't know. Many but parallels. You know, no one's excited when Babylon wins <laughs> because it's expected, biblically speaking. And so that's where I'd like to end is just, you know, I'm sitting in a place of excitement. What's going to happen? You know, what's going to happen with this with this underdog team that nobody gives a chance to? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I, I appreciate that. I still think reasonably we're we're probably sitting at six or seven wins. Alabama, yeah. it, it would be unfair for us to not talk about the Crimson Tide for just a moment. That's right. We have two minutes. We have two minutes. So here's the deal. Alabama's coming in. How many five, four, four and five stars do they have on their roster? At least sixty, probably. Gosh, I don't probably at least. There's no telling how many first round draft picks. Yep. Now they they've had some questions at quarterback this year. They brought mm. in a transfer from Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, who honestly hasn't really done much, mm. and they have a backup quarterback that saw some time last year that actually uh, came in for Bryce Young when he got injured. And uh, this backup QB, uh, Milrow, I think is his name, he he played okay. in the A&M game, and A&M almost beat Alabama, uh, a very bad A&M team last year, almost beat Alabama with this backup quarterback. Now, a lot can change in a year. I do think that Alabama will probably uh, lose maybe a game or two this season. That's all that I would want. And, I th- and, I, and here's the reason why. I think Brian Kelly has quickly turned around LSU. And so they're going to be – that's going to be a very, very tough matchup for them. Alabama's got Texas coming to Tuscaloosa. Wow. And if you remember that game last year, Texas, be quarterback, Texas quarterback got knocked out kind of early. Mm-hmm. He was kind of torching that secondary a little bit. So wow. we'll, we'll just see what happens. I do think Alabama's probably going to – you know, they're going to do what they do. They're definitely going to win 10 games this year. I think that's almost a given, but there are going to be some tough matchups, Tennessee. So you wow. just – I forgot about Tennessee last year. Yeah. 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 We will just see what happens. But Georgia is going to do what Georgia does. They've got the easiest schedule Unbelievable. out there. They'll, they'll probably win the national championship for third year in a row. So <sighs> <laughs> That's just kind of where we're at this right This is now. where we're <laughs> at, you know, but we're used to it. This is a comfortable place. Well, this has been a Shades Midweek Sports Sports break. break. I feel like I really contributed a lot of great content from a stats perspective and a theological, philosophical perspective. Gave, gave the people some things to think about. You know, we are missing Jonathan being like, oh my gosh, whenever I say something that's totally right. ridiculous and um, potentially, just, potentially offensive and then him shutting us down with this. So I do miss that. He would just talk about the Braves anyways or something like that. <laughs> And who even what is baseball still going? I mean, how long has it been? It's been like they've already played like two hundred games this year. There's probably like another hundred more on the schedule. It's just it's <laughs> too of, much. It's just out of control. Too much. Well, we are so thrilled today because we have a very special episode live from Three Streams Studio. We have part of the team that went to Poland 
on a recent mission trip, and it is the most people we have ever had in Three Stream Studios. So everybody, welcome. Say hello. hello. What's up? Hello. So so why don't we go around first and just introduce everybody that's here. Noah just walked in. So Noah, why don't you introduce yourself first? Hello. Noah Sock up here. Uh, sorry I'm late. That's okay. We're glad you're here. Glad go ahead, Tim. I'm We're here. Tim Larson's here in the building. Hello. I'm Hannah Langford. I'm Jacob Stalkup. I'm Seth Stalkup. And Park Stalkup. And with me co-hosting... Hey, it's me. I'm still here in this episode. There are going to be some awkward shifts because we're having to move some mics around. So just get that visual in your mind. But guys, we're so excited that you are all here so we can hear more. You got to briefly share on Sunday morning about the trip and some of the things that y'all were doing. But here is a space with more time where you can talk about the trip and what the Lord did through you guys on the trip and y'all's experience of it as well. So just to start out, for those that don't know, uh, why don't y'all, and y'all can bounce around, share about uh, what this trip was and uh, what y'all were planning doing going into it. Okay, I'll start with that. Um, this is Park. Um, our, our trip was planned to go and help what actually is my sister and brother-in-law, Greg and Aaron Skrbarczyk, put on a family camp every year along with other YWAM staff that are spread all around Poland. And they really just can't do it by themselves. And so part of what they want us to do is come alongside them as a church that supports them in their ministry to help run the camp. And so specifically the people from Shades Valley who went, our responsibility was the children's part. And so they were, we were responsible for kids age 3 to 12 while their parents were in things that were specifically for the parents. So we did two different camps, one for ages like 3 to 7, I think, and one for ages 8 to 12. And then we would kind of switch. So we were kind of split up into two groups during the morning doing that. That was the main thing that we did. That's awesome. And so... When it comes to a mission trip, I'd love to hear maybe some of y'all talk about why did y'all decide to go on this trip? I mean, going on a mission trip can be a sacrifice financially. Uh, it can mean that you have to take vacation time. And so uh, I'd love to hear about why y'all chose to go on this trip with Shades. So maybe we can start here with the left, Tim. Sure. Um, yeah, so this trip kind of, I, I knew about it because I was with the missions team and talking about it, but I didn't really commit to it until pretty close to last minute. I don't know when y'all got the tickets, but I, I mentioned something to park, like I want to say in April or you know, late April and we left in June. So, um, I think the Lord just put it on my heart. Like missions is something that I'm interested. I'm only 24. I'm trying to kind of figure out where I'm going with it. Um, and I think this trip was just a good way to set a foundation for what it's like to go, um, abroad and, and work in a missions field and in a pretty good environment, like with people that we know with, um, you know, friends and, and meeting new people. So that was my reasoning for wanting to go on this trip. Yeah, so I go to Wednesday night prayer, and so that's how I got to know Jeff and Park. And I literally was just asking Park one day about, I think it was like after prayer, and I asked about how her sister and brother-in-law were doing, and she told me about the trip that they were planning, and 
I was like about ready to agree to dog sit, house sit for them. <laughs> and then she's like, we have one spot left on the trip. And I was like, wait, I would much rather, <laughs> I want to go to Poland. So that's kind of how it started. But I know that before then, Park would sometimes share about their ministry um, and what was going on in Poland. And so that interested me. And so the idea of actually getting to go and see everything in person just I mean, sounded really cool, so. Why I went was my mom. And who are you? Oh, this is Jacob. Jacob. <laughs> Why I went, me and Seth, I guess, is our mom every like other year usually takes one of us. So she took Noah and David and then Josh, and then now it was me and Seth. It was very fun. This is this is Seth. Uh, I would have to the exact same thing that Jacob said, and also because uh, we go because our family lives there, the McClungs and the Scorbarchicks. Um, yeah, I'd been multiple times, but it had been a while because of COVID. We haven't been able to go, and I really wanted all of my kids to experience a short-term mission project, and it just kind of makes sense to go where my sister and brother-in-law are because they really wanted us to come, and we've done camps and things for kids here so it was just their first opportunity to be able to go Seth and Jacob they're 17 now and before they got out of high school I wanted that to happen Noah here um pretty much seconding all those reasonings um because the last time I was in Poland was I think what was it 2014 maybe it's been a while um and like they said I was the first to go with mom to visit our aunt and uncle and help him out with the camp so I was really excited to go do that again and it sounds like cut this out if we're not allowed to say this but I think we might go start going every other year right and so I'm really excited to go back after that because it was like the camp was similar but it was a new location and their new uh, building that they run the camps in is really cool well maybe this is a good time to talk about that since we've determined that this can be public knowledge Uh, planning on going back every other year why don't y'all tell us a little bit about that okay so um, when we were at the camp this year, Erin, my sister-in-law, who's there, who helps run the camp, said she really likes it when our people are there for the kids' part. And she has decided with their whole team that they're going to only do the family camp every other year. It's a huge thing to pull off every year. And so financially, um, and because they have a lot more staff than when they first started the camp years ago, um, Noah went when it was like, I think the second year of the camp was the first time we went and they've just realized this is not something that has to happen every year. So they said, can we have a standing thing where Shades Valley sends a team every other year and they are in charge of children's ministry and ongoing children's ministry? Because apparently the kids and the families really like the Lego camp part of it. (laughs) And so um, I'm known as the Lego lady there. And so, uh, so i talked to Shay Wall about it and she was really encouraged about it, excited about it. So I really want people to hear this, get a little glimpse of what we're doing there and, and kind of what that helped us do and how it helped Aaron and Greg so that in two years they can be a part of the team also. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to hear y'all just talk about for a second, why is this camp so important to the ministry of Aaron and Greg and why is it so important for the community, what they're trying to do? And 
then um, also I had a second part to the question that I just blanked on, so it'll come to me. So go ahead and maybe y'all can bat around the first part. Why is this camp important to their ministry over there? Well, it was really cool to hear um, Greg speak about just what the Lord had been doing in them and like just... I guess, like, his vision for the importance of families coming together and not just working with kids. Um, And that's really cool because I feel like the Lord's been kind of doing that in my life, like showing me the importance of families coming together and um, doing ministry. And then also um, just getting to see there, like, the present needs in Poland and with everything going on in Ukraine. Um, getting to see people who have been with YWAM for years and how they've had to kind of pivot in their ministry to um, meet those needs. And they're with the families, like, and with the kids. And and so I guess having a family camp where you've got people who have been doing ministry with YWAM for years, and then you've got people who are coming that might not be as well connected but want to be encouraged and come and work, worship together, um, I felt like that was done and we don't sometimes we don't realize how valuable that is until you're in it just how much we need that um and sometimes we overlook that but anyway yeah I think um Aaron and Greg started in ministry with King's Kids which is a part of YWAM that specifically works with kind of like junior high high school kids um some younger kids and Several years into ministry, they realized that God was calling them to a bigger vision for King's Kids, that it wasn't just about the kids, but it was about families doing ministry together. And if you follow Greg's Instagram, he's always talking about generations, generations, generational ministry. And by that, it's just that his heart is really to see kids working with their parents um, and parents realizing that kids have something to offer now, not when they're grown, and that they can go on mission together now, not when they're grown, that missions is for all ages. Um, Whether you're single, whether you're a grandparent, a parent, a kid, it doesn't matter that all of those need to be represented on missions. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that while the kids were split out into groups for part of the day when we were kind of um, doing work with them. Every morning we would have sort of worship meetings and announcements and activities that were done with the whole family. And then after we split out and they had the adult specific classes and the kids specific classes, we would come back together and do games and hang out. And then at the end of the camp, we all did outreach that was um, sort of determined by a family prayer time where groups would go out and pray about just sort of what the Lord wanted them to do in a specific area. And then they all came back and I don't know the exact percentage, but a lot of the ideas were from the kids, which was pretty cool. And um, the kids and adults would all kind of work together to do the outreach at the end of the camp. So, yeah. So sometimes with mission trips, I don't know if y'all have ever had an experience like this. Um, it, It can feel kind of, thrown together and even the people that are going on the way over it's like what are we doing uh we're going to be in supportive and encouraging and I don't really know they're going to tell us when we get there I think we've all kind of had that experience but as I hear you guys talk it seems like there's a very clear need for this trip and so the second part to my question that I remembered while y'all were talking is why is Shades going and uh, helping with this camp 
so important for Greg and Aaron? Why is it a need that they have? Because sometimes people can go on trips and say, I didn't really feel like we were needed or there was anything for us to do. But that's not what I'm hearing as I hear y'all talk. So I'd love to hear y'all just talk a little bit about that and what you did and why it was so helpful. The reason that it's important for Aaron and Greg and for the other staff is they really... Um, um, if you okay so the first time that Aaron and Greg did this camp it was just them and I think they had maybe one other staff person and they were so completely worn out by the end of it they also weren't able to hang out with people between the kind of meeting and teaching times because there was so much administrative things to do and so they've realized through the years that the more people that they have I mean, they can't have too many because then you're just standing around not doing anything. But if they can pull together teams and say, okay, you're responsible for the children's aspect. Um, a church in Huntsville that Aaron and Greg went to that my parents are involved is uh, called River Tree. They were responsible for the high school ministry. And that really freed up Aaron and Greg and the other staff that are there, which is Meg and Josh helped with the camp, McClung. Um, they had other staff that's been there for decades they were really able to focus on the parents that were there, on the family activities, and just being available in between. Because a lot of the community, a lot of our conversations and how we got to know other families and, and people was was in that in-between time. Every afternoon, they had, what, maybe four, five, even six hours of free time and downtime because they wanted the families from Poland and Ukraine who were there to also feel like they had a vacation. They didn't leave this place depleted, but they let, let left it filled up, I guess. And so um, this enables them to be able to do that also. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that when we were meeting with River Tree before um, the trip started, we, we had these meetings. Um, and one of the things that um, was it Gabe really hit home was like, hey, we're not there to like, bring the gospel there like they we have established ministries in these places already and we don't need to go into this place with the mentality that we're going to change everything when we get there like we're going to be laying the foundation like we need to be there with like an open heart and a mindset that we're there to support and do what they need us to do um and i thought that was kind of funny you mentioned that because on the plane ride over i still really didn't even have an idea of what i needed to do (laughs) and i that's why i was kind of nervous i was like all right just, just show me where I need to go, Lord. Um, and I, and it, that really happened. And um, I think that was one of the more important things, going in there almost without expectations and just with a heart just open to help whatever they needed. You had mentioned something earlier about us possibly sharing kind of our favorite or you, like highlight of the trip. You read my mind. Yeah, okay. That's where I was saying uh, we could go next, or that's where I was thinking we could go next. So why don't we start on the left? Noah, do you want to share a highlight? from the trip to be honest meeting some of the kids there those kids were so sweet and I don't know if it was because I couldn't understand them and maybe they were actually annoying and I just didn't know what they were saying but just interacting with them was really fun and um it was really cool there was there was a parent there who was fostering a kid and um she got up and spoke one day about how encouraging it was to see people playing with her kid and him being comfortable with other people because she had talked about not wanting him to become so attached to her and her husband that when it's time for him to move on to the next step in his life that it's a problem. And he had had a hard time interacting with and playing with other kids. And so 
because she was able to see our team and the rest of the team there playing with them and having a good time and him enjoying it. That was really encouraging to her and also to us because it's like, that's not something that's hard to do is just play with some kids and run around and shoot basketball or whatever. But it was cool to hear how meaningful it was to her. And I was also blessed to, to play with the kids there too, because they're really sweet. Uh, yeah. So I have two like really memorable moments. One was, so me and Seth were, um, with the four to seven year olds, um, in the mornings with, with the children's ministry. Um, and I think just on a pretty basic level, just being able to connect with them. Um, God really showed me the power of like breaking down walls, um, because even though there may be um, language barriers, um, and those are the two things that really hit home, um, just being able to play with these kids and create connections with them, um, and it didn't matter that they couldn't understand a word I was saying and I couldn't understand a word they were saying, and they may not have. Even, I mean, some of them were four years old; they probably couldn't even speak their own language too well yet, so it didn't even matter. Um, so that was just a really cool moment, just being able to build those relationships. Um, with kids that live halfway across the world. Um, and then kind of in the same vein, um, when we worship together, um, so at the very end of the day, we would always come together and have more of a worship and testimony um, time at the end of the day. Um, and just whenever um, they'd switch it up sometimes and they'd have us all sing in our uh, native language. So being able to just hear worship um, in like five or six different languages at, at one time was really cool. Um, just being able to realize that there is no boundary there. God has really been doing some really cool things already in this part of the world, um, and he's continuing to do so with the next generation. That's awesome. Um, I would say I feel like I had a lot of one-on-one time with people that just, it felt like from the moment we got to the camp, there was just several people that I got to talk to just um, alone and like they encouraging me hopefully I encourage them but just like um, people who had been with YWAM for a long time doing ministry or um, just various people um, like we had one gal she's actually an American but she was there um, leading worship and we got to sit down and um, have coffee and just I don't know getting to hear the ministry aspect of like what people are doing on the ground and just the ins and outs of it Um, but we have that mutual fellowship of like what we're doing here in Birmingham is so similar to what they're doing in the sense of like, we're just submitted to what God has for us and like the needs that we see around us. And so, and then we're just believers and we're just people trying to live that out. And so, and we need that encouragement. So it just felt like that. It felt like a lot of just sharing meals and having coffee and like, praying together and worshiping together and being refreshed. And um, one of the cool things we got to do was go to the YWAM Ustron base and just like everybody go in or, or like our team and the Huntsville team go in and just kind of break off and pray over it. And I don't know, there's something about like getting to see it on the ground, like see it in person. Um, it's just really cool because like Tim said, we're there for a really short amount of time, but like they're there, this is their day in day out life. And so to be able to like pray over it for future ministry, that's going to be done there and just like come together and then share what we got from the Lord and like what we were praying about. Um, even just with 
all of the families and the kids going down uh, town to Ustron and going to the park and just praying about what we wanted to do, not just for the next day, but, like, just praying over the city and, like, the power of that, um, like, families and children doing that and coming together and sharing what they got. And everybody got something different, and it was just, like, this huge list of things that God was saying, and that was just really cool and powerful because it's like, we're going to leave, but you guys are going to still be here, and you're sowing seeds that are going to last generations. So it's very encouraging because then we leave there, and they're doing their thing, and we get to come um, and be a part of it for a bit. And then we're going to go home and do the same thing. So it's cool. Um, maybe my favorite thing of it was just being able to play like soccer games, basketball games with the kids that don't really speak our language. Yeah, it's hard to pick one thing. It was all so great. But the if I had to say one, it would probably be just being able to see all the kids interact there and like how welcoming they were to us, even though we were there to uh, try to give them whatever God had for us to give them. They were just so welcoming, and it never felt like we were strangers to the people there. They were just... Welcome to Sin. It was pretty cool. I had a lot of really awesome moments. A general one that was great was just having my family there. Um, we apparently had the largest family. If you think about Aaron and Greg, their two girls, Megan, Josh, with Reimer and Oliver. Um, our whole family, except for David and Jeff, were there. And my parents were there because my dad was teaching at the conference. Um, <laughs> and then Greg had his parents there. It was just a ton of us that were there together. But specifically, there was one night when we people were sharing. And one of the high schoolers' dad was there, who was Ukrainian. And he um, was a- able to be in Poland because he's injured. He can't be in the military anymore. But part of his testimony of the Lord bringing him back to life after he had shut down years before, just from trauma, all the things that he had seen and just his frustration with life um, and death, like just with death, and um, was seeing the people at the camp, not even understanding them, but watching the people. He said, I watched you parents love your kids. I watched y'all just be family together. And it was amazing. He said the way that people were loving each other brought something back to life in him. So just realizing that sometimes it's just the way we live and the words that we give to one another that are enough to impact somebody to revive them was really, really powerful to me. Um, And even the way they do outreach there is not that you're walking around with tracks, handing them out, but it's going and asking the Lord, what do you, how do you want us to bless this city? How do you want us to bless this space? And the kids and the grownups working together and coming and just serving the community by doing things like letting them walk down a red carpet, by putting notes on this thing, why they love Ustron, so then they could give it to the mayor to say thank you and people love your city, to kids doing a puppet show for people, to face painting. It was just amazing the way that they even did outreach. It was just from a heart of we want to love and bless the people around us. So that was that was really impactful. That's awesome. So we're going to wrap it up here. I wish we had more time, but we are having to pay for everyone to be here today, <laughs> right, John Mark? What was their fee? It's really setting us back. But to get them all here at the same time was just, uh, y'all have no idea the logistics behind that. 
So we do want to respect their time. But just in closing, uh, since this seems like it's going to be a trip that's happening every other year, so we're talking 2025, right? It, if someone was interested in going on that trip or thinking about it, why would you tell them, hey, I would definitely consider going on this trip? And maybe what's some things that they can expect if they were to go on it? So, so for me, just my own experience, um, just if anyone is interested in missions in just any way at all, like you, you don't know, like it's something you really want to do. Just this trip really just whetted my appetite for something more. Um, so I think this trip, it was, it was, it was good because it wasn't like too long. It wasn't like this long commitment where you maybe have to quit a job or, or think about something financially long-term. Um, but just giving you a really good idea of like what it's like to serve um, and, and what it's like to really um, go out into it, into a new place and learn about culture um, and, and spreading the word there. Um, and, and for me, I think anybody at Shades Valley who knows that we support people, this is a way to really connect and know how to pray for them, know how to encourage them. Um, because we have Josh and Meg McClung and Aaron and Greg Skorobarczyk over in Poland, this is a way to really get a picture of what they do because it's kind of hard to explain unless you go and experience it. And I, I think that would be true for any of our missionaries, that if you could go and meet them where they are, it's an encouragement to them, and then you understand more. Um, and then the other thing is I think every person, period, needs to go out of our country and um, just experience what other cultures are like and to realize that, that the church is universal. And it's not just about Birmingham. It's definitely not just about the U.S. It's about the world. And they're way more like us than we think that they are. With the same struggles, with the same love, worship. I mean, it's just, it it opens your heart up to this bigger thing that you're a part of. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I'm sure in the future we're going to have more information about this trip. So do you all want to say goodbye in Polish? <laughs> Uh. <laughs> okay, we're pulling up Google Translate. Out. This is not what I expected. <laughs> I could say Jinkuya, which means thank you. Okay, <laughs> that'll work. Jinkuya is what we say most of the time. Yeah. So very good. Bard, so thank you that. very much. Right, now, do you know how to say uh, here at Shades Midweek? <laughs> you're part of the conversation <laughs> in Polish. <laughs> Don't play it. <laughs> oh, David Zenya. <laughs> Ah, David Zinya. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, guys. And thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Shed Movie.